Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, beloved producer Annabelle Lee. Oh, how nice of you. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) Hey, team. Coming up on today's show, the fallout from all of those Gigi, Zane and Yolanda allegations. Plus, the influencers who are making the AFR's Young Rich list. Kim Kardashian is snapped holding hands with Pete Davidson. (laughs) Hayley Bieber speaks about her marriage to Justin with pretty remarkable candour. And then another fairly juicy mailbag, if I may say so myself. But first, Michelle... How was your week? My week was too fun. It was too fun because in Victoria we had a public holiday and I got a little bit merry. I also, when I'm a few drinks in, decide that my food intolerance doesn't matter anymore. I just decide it doesn't apply to me. I think that's a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I drank so many fruity cocktails. I'm intolerant to fruit, like all fruit, particularly citrus fruit, and I drank like four Aperol spritzes. So my whole body today hates me a little bit, but we are soldiering on. We are soldiering on. And you you are literally in a soldier's outfit, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can see this footage, Michelle is in army green today. I do have a recommendation Hit for me. the week. I am sure so many listeners are familiar with Made on Netflix. This is a TV show, a TV drama that Margot Robbie, I'm pretty sure, is a executive producer. I think she's part of the production team anyway. And they're definitely using her to sell it because when you click on to Made, it goes... Something, something, Margot Robbie in like capital letters. And you think, oh, she must be starring in this. She's not. She's behind the scenes. But it is an incredible show. It's all about emotional abuse and domestic violence. So it is a heavy watch and it is a watch that you need to kind of be in the right frame of mind for, the right headspace for. But I am six episodes into Made and I think it is incredibly well done. Yeah, it is an incredibly well done show. I think I'm three or four episodes in. I think I made the mistake though of watching the show in the last few weeks of lockdown mm. and it wasn't quite what my mind needed at the time. I love watching people act though who are related in real life. Yes. Yeah. So in this show, the star Margaret Qualley is the main character and her mum, Andy McDowell, the very famous Andy McDowell, plays her mother. And I'm just obsessed with watching these dynamics. It's similar if you know you're watching like a real-life couple act. Mm. I remember when um, this is like quite a tangent, but <laughs> Jessica Murray and her real-life boyfriend were playing yes. boyfriend and girlfriend on Pack to the Rafters. I was obsessed with that. What a bogan and relatable <laughs> like example of that. What's his name? James Stewart, isn't it? Ja- James. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about They're not right. together anymore. They're not, but yeah. they did have a baby together. Anyway, that is quite a tangent. Good recommendation. I need to keep watching that show. I just put it on pause because it was a little bit heavy for me at the time that that I watched it. Is that your way of saying good recommendation? Not super great though, because I've watched it, but I haven't finished it. No, I think (laughs) everyone that I know who watches it says it's one of the best TV shows they've watched. And it is on its way to becoming one of the most watched TV series on Netflix. So, you know, it speaks for itself. (laughs) It does. How was your week? Really good week. Although I must say, I may well be losing all my Oracle skills and all my (gasps) Oracle powers. Why? Well, I've actually, firstly, because I got a lot of messages from people (laughs) on Instagram saying you've absolutely cooked this season of the bachelorette but I'm not watching and I always do think this happens halfway through every season why are people I am watching and I do not think you have cooked it in fact I sit in front of my television every episode and kind of rue the day that I chose you to be my (laughs) podcast host because I have fucked up my like my I'm not an oracle I've never purported to be but my (laughs) not everyone can be my pick of Carissa terrible pick absolutely not going to be chosen I think David is absolutely going to win. Well, I got a few messages from people and I thought initially I felt a bit down on myself <laughs> and then I thought, you know what, guys, this happens every year. Every year they try to throw the narrative off and every year I get these messages of people being like, you've missed it and every year I have to tell them this is how it all goes. So, okay, thank you for backing me in a moment where I couldn't back myself. You're so welcome. In other Oracle news, last week it was quite hectic weather in Melbourne. We've had about 10 seasons in a week down here. And there was like such a storm to the level that a lot of trees fell over in Melbourne. And I went out for dinner one evening, (laughs) came back home, parked my car out the front of my apartment building, walked inside and I said to Ollie, be really honest, is it going to hail tonight? Should what do you I mean, be honest? Is it going to hail tonight? Like he is Mother Nature, Mister Bomb, pouring with rain. And I was like, I don't want to go back out there and move it to our undercover car park. And he looked at me and he's like we should move the car. And I was like, well, I should move the car. So I got back in the car and I was like texting him like 
kind of subtle abuse, as I was doing. <laughs> like, I'm never asking for truth. I'm only ever asking for validation, all of those kinds of things. Moved the car, woke up the next morning, and a tree had fallen in exactly the same spot that I had parked it. And I thought... Does that make me the oracle because I went in and asked him because I had a kernel of doubt? Don't or do that. Have I, been, have I transferred my skills to the person that I sleep next to? <laughs> I think maybe you've never been an oracle. You're just good at reading reality television. Before we move on, can we observe the fact that I actually did have an oracle moment last year? Lots of shameless listeners have reached out to me to say last year I suggested to Channel 10 that they pick Brooke. Mate, we all did. You, no, everyone The whole world did. did. Apparently. <laughs> on our show. <laughs> Apparently it was me though who said, I reckon we're going to have our first season of Bye Bachelorette. So you're welcome. I'm the new Oracle now. It's I'm not, not thanking you. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> that's not your best work. Brooke also put it out to the universe on this show as well. I do have a recommendation for you guys. I read a really, really incredible book over the weekend. Full disclaimer before we actually jump in, we actually did sell a little bit of ad space in our newsletter with Ultimo Press who published Love and Virtue, the book that I'm about to recommend. But this is absolutely not sponsored. We weren't even told to talk about this book in any way, shape or form. It was also like two months ago. It was ages ago. But it's been sitting on my to-be-read pile and I picked it up over the weekend and it's a young Aussie author by the name of Diana Reid and is honestly one of the most exceptional books I've read this year along with Sorrow and Bliss. It's heavy though. It will not be for everybody. But it basically follows two main characters, two young women who are on college campus in Sydney. It sort of discusses issues around consent and sexual assault. But I think more broadly, the reason I can't stop thinking about it is it's like quite philosophical. Like it really does pose this question of like, what does it mean to be a good person? Mm. And are you a better person if you're a good person on a micro level to the people around you and you have a lot of empathy? Or are the better people, the people that exist on a macro level who want to create fundamental change? Interesting. I know. And I want to talk to so many people about it and no many people I know have read it. So (laughs) if our shameless listeners can handle that kind of heavy content and really want to read it, I couldn't recommend it enough. And it just makes me so bloody happy when it's a young Australian author as well. Yeah, what a good recommendation. So Love and Virtue by Diana Reid. This is a very sugary addition to that recommendation, but it's also a hot book cover. It's so beautiful. It's a banging book cover and as someone who just like decorated my bookshelf the other day, I picked up Love and Virtue and I was like, you, my girl, are getting a good (laughs) spot on this bookshelf because you are hot. Doesn't matter, I haven't read yet. (laughs) Hey, let's jump into the first segment of the show. We are, of course, starting with Gigi, Zane and Yolanda. Mish, i got to say, I'm glad we've had a few days to sit with this story because there's been a lot going on in the last few days with this story and I'm glad we have a little bit of perspective to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. If you missed this story, we will give you a bit of context so you can come into it with as much information as possible. Now, this is about Zayn Malik, of course, the former One Direction band member, now solo artist, Gigi Hadid, his on-again, off-again partner, the mother of his daughter, and of course, world-famous supermodel. Then we have Yolanda Hadid, Gigi's mother. She first became famous, the family first became famous, because Yolanda is a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star. Now, Zayn and Gigi, as I said, have been on-again, off-again. They began dating in 2015. Broke up for the first time in March 2018, briefly reconciled, split again in January 2019. By Feb 2020, they were back together and they were pregnant. Now they have a child together called Kai. But this week, Zara, everything took a turn for the dramatic and for the worst. Absolutely. I was quite shocked when I saw these headlines mainly come out of Pennsylvania this week. So, What happened was on Friday, we had news that had broken that there was allegations that Zayn had physically assaulted his mother-in-law, Yolanda Hadid. Now, what has been reported is that this all actually happened on September 29. So it's November 4 that this episode is coming out. This is well over a month ago Mm. that this occurred. So TMZ revealed that Zayn was officially charged with four criminal offences of harassment surrounding this one incident. So Gigi was apparently out of town at Paris Fashion Week. He was at their farm in Pennsylvania where they very famously live. Yolanda lives on the farm next door. And reportedly what happened is she came over to help care for baby Kai 
there are reports that Zane felt a little undermined by that, whatever it was. We know that there are four key charges here, Mish, about what ensued after they started arguing. Yeah. So three of those charges involve Yolanda. One involves Gigi Hadid. The one with Gigi, according to court documents, is about verbal abuse. So Zane allegedly yelled at Gigi over the phone to strap on some fucking balls and defend your partner against your fucking mother in my house. Those documents also stated that the singer allegedly shoved Yolanda into a dresser, causing mental anguish and physical pain. So that shoving incident, that incident where she apparently was pushed up against something is probably the key charge that people are talking about and the most serious one for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it has also been reported that Gigi was on the phone the whole time throughout this exchange. There's also been reports that there was a security guard that was present later who Zane is also now not allowed to be around. But I think what's been most interesting is watching the news and tabloids try to speculate what the hell has happened here. Now, naturally, tabloids and news websites are desperate to try and work out what has happened. Mm. I don't think we're ever quite going to understand what happened. But there are reports that this all has to do with baby Kai, right? And as we know, Gigi and Zane are super, super private about Kai. We didn't find out about her name for months. We've never seen a photo of her. Gigi has asked paparazzi to never publish a photo of her face. They live on a farm. They're not living in like the centre of LA or New York City. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying, well, it's probably got something to do with this. Yolanda is very public about her life. There are allegations that she posted a photo of Kai's face, but that was back in January. Like, Mm. this is September that this allegedly happened. There are also unconfirmed rumours, and I will say completely unconfirmed rumours, that Zane believes that Yolanda was the one that leaked news of the pregnancy initially Mm. when Gigi was pregnant. So I think what the tabloids are trying to hint to anyway is lingering and ongoing tension between this dynamic of mother, mother mother-in-law, grandchild. Yeah, so this initially all came out in TMZ, Zane very, very quickly responded to the allegations in a statement, which was really interestingly worded. So he wrote on social media, Twitter and Instagram, as you all know, I am a private person and I very much want to create a safe and private place for my daughter to grow up in, a place where private family matters aren't thrown on the world stage for all to poke and pick at. In an effort to protect that space for Kai, I agreed to not contest claims arising from an argument I had with a family member of my partner partners who entered our home while my partner was away several weeks ago. I adamantly deny striking Yolanda Hadid and for the sake of my daughter, I decline to give any further details and I hope that Yolanda will reconsider her false allegations and move towards healing these family issues in private. So he's definitely insinuating there that he believes that Yolanda actually leaked this to the press because Mm. that last line moved towards healing this in private. Gigi came out straight away with one line, which was from her representative, which said Gigi is solely focused on the best for Kai. She asked for privacy during this time. Initially, warning bells go off in everybody's mind thinking, well, they've definitely split. Well, solely focused on her daughter means she's not focused on her mother or her partner. And I think as soon as you and I saw that statement, Zara, we went, wow, a split confirmation is about to hit the press or a report is about to come out that these two have separated. But what struck me just reading Zane's quotes then was that Zane's statement was, was referring his, to Gigi as his, his partner. partner. So yeah. when Zane put that out, was he thinking, okay, well, public facing, we're still partners or are we actually still together? Within hours, Gigi's statement comes out and then is subsequently followed by an announcement that they're no longer together. Yeah, this is all within hours of each other. And that's so funny that you say that because reading that, and I've read that statement so many times in the last week, that's the first time that it clicked, that he's portraying this image that they're together, she is not. Maybe just wishful thinking, truthfully, that it's better for his brand at that point for people to think that they were together. What's really interesting is that Zayn did plead no contest to these charges, as you said in that statement. And he was actually fined for this. He was placed on 90-day probation for every charge, which was a total of 360 days of probation. And he's also required to complete an anger management course. Now, that concept of pleading no contest really piqued my interest because I was like, I've not really seen that around before. Mm. You usually see someone plead guilty or not guilty. And so doing a bit of reading around this, I've got to say this feels very much like the perfect celebrity plea in these kinds of issues because basically what a no contest plea is saying is that he's saying I accept the charges but I'm also kind of innocent and it is a really easy way 
for this case to not be dragged through the courts and for more details to come out, but also for him to not put his hands up and say, but I'm not guilty. Yeah, it's like a masterful PR move, right? best of both worlds or in many ways like having your cake and eating it too, all very strange. Now, the fallout and the commentary on this both from fans and family, has been really intense, hasn't it? Oh, really intense. Before we get to the commentary online, Zayn's sister, Walia, actually weighed in on this on her Instagram story. So we've kind of got like different members from both families chiming in. She wrote on Instagram, at Zayn, you are so loved by all of us. Karma comes after everyone eventually. You can't get away with screwing people over your whole life. I don't care who you are. What goes around comes around. That's how it works. Sooner or later, the universe will serve you the revenge that you deserve. Now, we could probably take a wild stab in the dark and think she's talking directly to Yolanda Hadid. Absolutely. On the other side of the fence, we also have Anwar and Bella, Gigi's siblings, reportedly unfollowing Zayn on Instagram, which is like their own silent but public way of being (laughs) like, you know which side we sit on. I mean, it, it goes without saying here that Any allegation of violence is just horrendous, Mm. like absolutely horrendous, and perhaps that should have been put on the record earlier, but I also hope that it would go without without saying. saying. And so what surprised me the most about commentary, particularly on TikTok, has been, at least in my TikTok world, how many One Direction stands, formal One Direction stands, have come out in support of Zayn and in absolute sort of denigration of Yolanda. Now, Yolanda's not... Perfect. She has some horrendous quotes on the record back from her time on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But for TikTok stands to use those quotes as some sort of explanation for what possibly could have happened here just feels completely reductive. Yeah, I have seen comments on TikTok saying that Zayn took one for the team, have 100,000 likes. Like that is not some niche commentary from stands that don't get a lot of support. Those comments are getting overwhelming support from people on TikTok. And I've been really surprised to see predominantly young women parrot this narrative that because Yolanda Hadid has been problematic, because she's been fat phobic, because she said some racist and sexist things, she deserves to allegedly be shoved into a dresser. And that sets up such a dangerous precedent. That is effectively saying women who behaved badly or women who we don't approve of or don't like deserve on some level, violence from men. And if that is what we are saying on TikTok and if that is what we are pushing, I have huge problems with it. I think it is such a reductive, unintelligent way to argue this. You can like Zayn, you can like his music, but if you are defending him, allegedly being violent towards a woman, I don't care what that woman has done, you need to check yourself. You need to sit back and go, okay, I can like someone's music, I can be their fan, that does not mean they should be excused of violence against women. Yeah, well, it's just like I flatly refuse to consider that someone that I respect could do something like this. And it's like that's the entire world that we live in. Mm. Like those are the kinds of things that we need to come to terms with all the bloody time. Mm. So it's kind of the perfect time to actually force yourself to do that. I mean, more than anything, I am just really surprised that this story is public, to be totally honest with you. Gigi Hadid is just so famously private about her family and particularly about her daughter. I would love to know the machinations of how this came out, who leaked it and what the fallout from that is as well. Coming up after the break, the Aussie influencers who are worth millions, the Kim Kardashian Pete Davidson photos that we have lots of questions about, and then we open the shameless mailbag. Is it juvenile to care about your partner's Instagram activity? But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Zara, potentially not the Oracle anymore, McDonald's. What have you got for us? I'm just being humble. We all know that is the case. <laughs> My first story, Young Australia's Wealth Revolution, how women under 40 are now filling the rich list by earning billions in industries that didn't exist just a few years ago, from Instagram tycoons to app inventors and health gurus. That is from the Daily Mail. 
Not a bad headline from the Daily Mail this week. I really like that from the Daily Mail. And let me say, I really liked reading the Young Rich list this year. This is something that's released by the AFR every year, of course. And it's always fascinated us, Zara, because it's kind of that perfect amalgamation of celebrities, business people, and recently, Instagram influencers. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was what was so maybe iconic about the list this year is that what made it quite unique is that it was filled with business people that a lot of us would consider traditional quote unquote influencers Mm. who have clearly built up a career, built up business from their Instagram profiles to really incredible heights. Influencer Jessica Seppel was really high in this list. So the 32-year-old blogger has a vitamin range, JS Health. She developed that with her husband, Dean. Now that has seen the couple debut on the list with a combined wealth of $426 million. Oh, fucking hell. $426 million. Crazy. It's a lot of vitamins being sold. <laughs> a lot, a lot of vitamins being sold. Like All a lot of healthy people walking around. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Now, as we know, Kayla Ritzinas has been on the list quite a few times times before. Now, interestingly, of course, as we know, she has in the last couple of years split from her partner, Toby, who started the sweat fitness app with her. So now Mm. they are separately on the list and their wealth has been divided by two. So they've kind of fallen places, but like... Not too far. (laughs) Yeah, really not that far. So since starting the app in 2009, she came in at number 39 on the list after amassing a whopping $164 million wealth. My goodness. Tash Oakley. Natasha Oakley, I'm sure so many people will be familiar with her on Instagram as well as her venture, A Bikini A Day. I remember this back in like 2015. I was obsessed with this page. She has morphed that blog into her own successful swimwear range called Monday Swimwear. She is now worth an estimated $63 million. It's just crazy. It's insane. Yeah. So proud. So proud. <laughs> and then we've got Tammy Hembrough, of course, the 27-year-old founder of Sasuke Activewear, along with a fitness app. She's estimated to be worth $38 million. And Steph Miller, better known as Steph Claire Smith, came in at 100 on the list. She snuck in. She is worth about $36 million after creating that very successful brand that we know well, Keep It Cleaner. It's really interesting because I think a lot of these women would attest to the fact that they have been underestimated or they have been denigrated for the work they do online or the kind of businesses they have launched off the back of their Instagram fame. And I just find it really bloody impressive that women have jumped onto social media and turned it into such a lucrative, powerful platform. Obviously, we need to say that power would hopefully be used in productive, non-harmful ways. But to see so many women look at Instagram and see not just a social media app, but see an incredible opportunity is testament to how many women can be savvy business people. Yeah, I would be really interested hearing from these women about whether they feel still consistently undermined because of the following that they have online. I think that there is a lot of people out there particularly men, I have to say, who would have assumed up until this point that many of these businesses are just sort of a front when in reality these businesses are like the crux of everything and the driver Mm. of everything. But I just think it's wonderful for people to see that you can't go around underestimating people with Instagram followers, women on Instagram anymore. They're not just silly women taking photos. These are women who are really finding gaps in the market and going for it. Really switched on. Yeah, exactly. My second story, TV icon Bert Newton will be farewelled in a state funeral. That was from ABC. Mish, for those listening from outside of Australia, Bert was a television and entertainment industry icon, one of the most famous faces in TV. I think we could easily say he was a Logie Hall of Fame inductee. He was a quadruple gold Logie award-winning entertainer. Four gold Logies. I didn't know it was four that is, until yeah. I just read that on my notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wrote that I note. Know. So <laughs> welcome. That's why I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> now, Bert Newton did die this week, aged 83 in his hometown of Melbourne. He spent more than six decades on our screens and on our stages and, of course, is one of our most loved personalities. He had his leg amputated in May of this year and experienced a gradual decline in health as the year went on. His wife, Patty, spoke to the media this week and said it was just complications with everything. When you have a leg amputated, you have to be on a lot of painkillers. And Bert had had, just this year alone, 
eight procedures, which all involved anesthetics and that affects you pretty badly. Your whole system and just everything closes down really. That was all. Yeah. So curiously, what's also come out in the wake of Bert's death is that Patty Newton has confirmed that the couple's 44-year-old son, Matthew Newton, will not attend his father's state funeral. But the family has rubbished reports that there is any kind of rift between Matthew and the family. He is based in the US. He's just not coming back from the funeral, they say. Matthew is best known for his role on Underbelly, but I also think he is almost better known now for the string of domestic violence charges Mm. that have been levelled at him. Yeah. And I think some listeners might ask, why are we talking about this? Why is it relevant? This is one of Australia's most famous families. They have had such a documented history. We have seen and grown up with them. I think naturally when we know of Matthew Newton's past, people are going to ask questions. I found Patty's quotes on this to be really interesting as well. She told the Daily Mail, he won't be coming for no reason. I don't know. I mean, maybe he needs to put a statement out to stop everyone thinking that there's a rift or something. So it's very interesting that even communication with her son is happening in the media to say, you need to say something on this. I'm sick of answering questions about it. A lot of people have questions and I think that's kind of fair enough. Yeah, my third story, Home and Away star Sam Frost backflips on the COVID-19 vaccine. That is from the Daily Telegraph. Interesting scenes coming out of Channel 7 this week, Mitch. So Channel 7 announced a vaccine mandate for all of their production staff. They said that everyone in their production teams needed to be vaccinated by January 10 in order to keep working. So this was their statement. To provide the safest possible work environment for cast, crew and presenters, Severn Productions have made the decision to only engage those who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 taking effect in January next year. Seven strongly encourages vaccination to protect our people, their colleagues and their families. Now, this statement and this vaccine mandate has come out just weeks after we spoke pretty extensively about actress Sam Frost and the video that she popped on Instagram saying that her mental health was struggling because she was not vaccinated and she felt that there was, and these are her words, segregation for those who are vaccinated and those who aren't. But she has backflipped on this decision. Yeah, she has. She acknowledged the new mandate on Instagram and said that she will now actually get the jab. She's not getting it until February. She said that she's undergoing a medical procedure, which is interesting. She wrote, I'm not leaving home in a way. I've got a medical procedure booked in for January, so I won't be fully vaxxed until mid to late February. I will be ridden out temporarily from the show. Jazzy is going on an off-screen adventure for a few weeks, but I'll be back. My bosses are amazing. We've been in open communication for months. Very grateful we are able to make a plan that works for everyone. I've got to say, I'm at least relieved that this is the outcome. It sounds like she has been able to collaborate with her workplace and they've come to a decision that is not only safe for everyone involved, but also makes everyone feel comfortable. So pretty good resolution. I was not seeing this coming our way three or four weeks ago. I thought this was going to end in tears. Well, it was ending in tears. I mean, it was really charged for a really long time. So this feels like hopefully a relatively peaceful end to this story. My fourth story Hayley Bieber used to call her mum crying over her marriage to Justin Bieber. I just can't do it. That is from W Magazine and what a podcast interview. We listened to this podcast interview together and it was a really interesting one. If you missed it, Hayley and Justin Bieber sat down to do an interview all about their marriage on a podcast called In Good Faith with Chelsea and Judas Smith. Now, it's a very Christian podcast, so it won't be to everyone's taste, I don't think, but it did have some really revelatory insights. Yeah, exactly. So Chelsea and Judah are actually very, very close with Justin and Hayley. They are really good friends. They say that they actually first met Patty, Justin's mum, back in 1999 and have been close with the family ever since. Justin and Hayley also said in this podcast interview that when they were having issues early in their marriage, they would go to people like Chelsea and Judah, the hosts of this podcast, and say, like, can you help counsel us through this? So really close relationship, hence why they're happy to be so candid on a podcast Mm. with them. A bit of context, I think, on Justin and Haley's relationship for those who might have forgotten. They briefly dated from 2015 to 2016. In this interview, Haley made a really interesting comment where she said that they broke up at that time because, and I quote, I did something that really hurt him. It was something that she called 
immature and stupid. I found this so interesting because if you had asked me why did Justin and Haley break up in 2016, I would have said, well, obviously Justin Bieber did something that's a little <laughs> yeah. bit dodgy yeah. knowing Justin Bieber. Because they've been really candid about the fact they didn't talk for a couple of years after that. Like yeah. they couldn't be in the same room together. So you knew it was an acrimonious breakup. But Haley says it was her. And yes. that was like the biggest curveball ever. I was like, what do you mean, Haley? Tell us more. Yeah. But they're also <laughs> telling us more than we need to know anyway. So I'm like, well, oh, thank you for giving us what you're giving us. This actually reminds me, sorry, of Couples Therapy, that show that I recommended last week. My favourite tool that the therapist uses in that show is that when someone says something, she simply looks at them and goes, say more. And I'm like, that is so good. Just like, say more. We should do that with these celebrity quotes. We're like, give us more than this. So they actually got engaged in July 2018 after reconciling the month earlier. As we've spoken pretty extensively on the podcast about, it was a really quick reconciliation engagement marriage by September. In February 2019, it came out that Justin was seeking treatment for depression and they had only just gotten married maybe a few months before that, in the mm. September before that. So this, I think, is what Haley has been alluding to when she said in the past in interviews that the first year of marriage was really difficult for them. Now, she elaborated in this podcast interview about these difficulties and this is what she said. I had moments. I do remember I would like call my mom on the phone and I remember I called her a few different times. One particular time when we were in Brooklyn and I was calling her, I was like crying and I was like, I just can't do it. Like there is no way that I'm going to be able to do this if it's going to be like this forever. forever. And I just remember she was so calm on the phone and she was like, it's going to pass oh and you're going to be mm. fine and he's going to be healthy and we're here for you. And I do feel like we just had a lot of support. I mm -hmm. think if I didn't have support, it would have been 10 times harder and it was already the hardest thing of my life at the time. So I also just think I was in it. I made a decision. I know for a fact Incredible. that I've loved this person mm -hmm. for a very long time and now would not be the time to give up on him. I just really, really have a lot of respect for Hayley Bieber, not just because of this interview, but I feel like she's given a couple of quotes in the last few months about the difficulties of being in a really public relationship. Mm. I feel like she's been quite candid about how much hate she's received from Selena Gomez stands. Mm. And I just think like for a 21-year-old to sit there and say, I'm committed to this person and I will see this through shows a lot of maturity. Yeah, incredible resilience as well. Like I think everyone can kind of turn their nose up at this couple and say like, oh, they're not legitimate or they're in it for the wrong reasons or they're not happy together. We even did a segment this year on the podcast, Zara, where people were asking plenty of questions on TikTok is Justin a good husband to Haley? I don't know the answer to that question. What I do know is that Haley Bieber is fucking tough. Like yeah. she puts up with a lot of shit. And yes, she's famous and yes, she's wealthy and beautiful as well. But the stuff she puts up with online and in her private life and the fact she survived it is testament to who she is. I think she's a really tough cookie. Yeah, and I'm really hoping that the tide publicly changes mm. around Hayley because I think particularly the vibe on TikTok is not a kind one towards no. Hayley Bieber just simply because she's ended up with Justin Bieber. But reading these quotes, as I said, and listening to this interview, I'm like, God, she's a tough cookie. There's a quote there where she says there were days where I was like, I really don't know if he is going to be okay. Mm. And that 21-year-old stuck by it. So huge respect. I really would recommend this interview. As I said, it's pretty niche in terms of marriage. Like it's very marriage specific and they're talking about their relationship, but it's very rare you get that kind of personal insight from people this famous. Yeah, and I'm also atheist. I'm not very religious at all, but I do find it really inspirational sometimes to look at people who do let their faith guide them through marriages yep. and the way faith and spirituality and religion is spoken about in this podcast, even though I don't relate to it, I enjoyed it. I found it to be really insightful. Absolutely agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. My fifth and final story, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson were spotted holding hands at a theme park that is from InStyle and this wasn't quite the couple I was expecting to come out of this week. Yeah, what the fuck? For those who need background, Pete Davidson, of course, is a comedian best known for his work on Saturday Night Live, but he's also pretty well known for dating some of Hollywood's hottest women. He recently dated Bridget and star Phoebe Dinovar. They split in August. He's also, of course, been engaged to Ariana Grande. He's been connected to Kate Beckinsale, Margaret Qualley, the star of Maid, who we spoke about earlier in this episode. 
Cassie David, who is Larry David's daughter, and Kaya Gerber, the daughter of Cindy Crawford. Yeah, and I think one of the most intriguing exes in this list is Cassie David because there was like some incredible profiles done of Cassie David. I can't remember if it was this year. I honestly just feel like this whole year, this whole life is a big blur. (laughs) But she has spoken very candidly about how heartbroken she was over the breakup because he moved on with Ariana Grande. And as we know, that Ariana Grande-Pete Davidson relationship was about as public as it could be. Now, earlier this month, as we know, Kim Kardashian made that big debut on SNL and she had a little sneaky kiss with 27-year-old Davidson (laughs) on the show. They were doing a little skit as Aladdin and Jasmine. Mm. And then like three weeks later, in exclusive photos obtained by people, they were riding a roller coaster together (laughs) and holding hands quite tightly. Quite tightly. And people will try and trash this. And I know that sources close to Kim and Pete have said that there's nothing to see here. They're just friends. I call bullshit. I reckon there is something here. I reckon they're absolutely dating. They're absolutely having sex. I don't reckon it'll be. (laughs) I don't reckon it's like a proper thing nor will it be a proper thing but this is like the perfect rebound like this is the perfect post-divorce relationship and dare I say I think Kim and Pete would have good sex there's something about Pete I'm so intrigued I want to know what's so attractive about him he's good in bed he's absolutely good in bed he it's the funny thing he's a comedian he would be incredibly funny and charming to be around funny guys are also good in bed 20 Hot guys aren't good in bed. Hot guys well, are not good in bed because they think they're too you know good. What? Just to counter this, he's not <laughs> keeping these relationships going for very long. So perhaps mm. he's actually not. Perhaps he's getting people with the funny charm and then they're going to the bedroom and it's not really happening. That's kind of, I just reckon, more likely to be the funny charm. How many 27-year-olds <laughs> are this successful to be on SNL for as long as he had? He must be incredibly clever. Yeah, I really like him now, actually. When he was with Ariana Grande, I think I was a bit of a Pete hater. I, I don't know like, what, what I am. I like him. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent, <laughs> but I, I can be swayed if people have good arguments either way. I really quite like this duo. As I said, I, I don't think it's going to last very long, but I think it's like very... Lovely. My favourite part about these photos are the people in front of Kim and Pete who are just doing normal roller coaster things with their mouths open screaming and now they're <laughs> plastered all over the news. <laughs> they were reportedly there with Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker and apparently Pete Davidson and Travis Barker know each other through Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. Now, if someone can fucking tell me why Machine Gun Kelly is suddenly everywhere when I didn't know who he was a month ago, that would be wonderful. You won't even let me talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> Every time a Machine Gun Kelly article comes up, you're like, no, thanks, I don't want to part of that. I don't care about him. Why is he everywhere? <laughs> don't you think those three men, though, give you the same vibe? Absolutely. I think there's a Venn diagram. I think they have overlapping, like, ghost boy vibes. <laughs> but I would say that Machine Gun Kelly is the biggest ghost boy. Mm. Then in the middle, you've got Travis Barker. And then I think Pete Davidson has an air of ghostiness about him, but he's probably on the other end of the spectrum. All probably good in bed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Ghost boys are good in bed. Ghost boys. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to politely do And that is all I've got for you today. Thank you so much. Hmm. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Alrighty, team. It is that time of the show. We are doing a mailbag segment today. And boy, do we have a submission. Annabelle, will you do the honours? Of course. Hi, shameless ladies. I have been dating my boyfriend for 11 months now, and we are very happy. However, there is one niggling problem eating away at me. He's never posted me on his Instagram. (laughs) Now, neither of us are that into PDA, so we aren't Facebook official and will not be putting each other's initials in our Instagram bios. But I have posted photos of us twice, and he has never returned the favour. I've questioned him about it a few times, and he always has an excuse, like, we don't take many photos together, or I tried to post and it didn't. (laughs) or even but that photo doesn't really fit my aesthetic it shouldn't matter but it's starting to really bug me am I being petty or ridiculous or are my concerns valid please help a tale as old as time it's a classic isn't Mm -hmm. it a song is old (laughs) it's a funny one because I do feel like these dilemmas can sound so perhaps juvenile or petty at a surface level, but I don't think there are many people listening to this that aren't intrigued by this dilemma or have not experienced it themselves. I do feel like this kind of dilemma at first glance appears far more superficial and perhaps surfacey than it actually is in reality. Yeah, it's also 
I think one of those dilemmas when before you vocalize it to a friend or before you write into a podcast and ask for opinions on it in your own head, you're going, am I being silly? Like, why would I read anything into social media? Social media doesn't exist. It's like this alternate universe. It doesn't matter. It's not real life. And then very, very quickly, you flip to that other mindset, which is, well, hang on, his social media is a depiction of his life and I'm missing from that depiction and what could the possible reasons be that explain that? And I think first things first, I agree with you, Zara, this listener is not being petty or ridiculous. This is a very common, very relatable problem, I think, in relationships that a lot of people, women in particular, feel insecure about and don't feel valid in that insecurity. But I think absolutely, if this is going on in your relationship, you have every right not just to care about it, but to also vocalise it. I think it's one of those things, because as you just said, Mish, like we know that social media is not real life. But I do think in these cases, even though social media is not, and particularly maybe an Instagram grid, is not like an accurate reflection of all our layers and everything that's going on in our lives, it's a reflection of something. Like it's a very deliberate reflection of something. And in many cases, it's a direct reflection of what we want to put out into the world and maybe like how we want to brand ourselves to the world. And if your partner wants to brand themselves to the world as someone who doesn't have a partner, I think that's totally fair to be insecure about that because what I think on the other hand as well is that people in these sort of scenarios need to give themselves more credit. Any woman who is writing into maybe our podcast with questions like this needs to give themselves more credit because it's like you absolutely wouldn't be niggling at this if there wasn't something greater under the surface. Like any time one of my friends has something and says, but it sounds really petty. It's like, nah, let's like actually strip this right back because anytime you think there's something petty, there's something really logical and really understandable at the root of it. Otherwise, it just wouldn't niggle. Like there is a kernel of a problem here. So let's get down to the kernel of the problem without being like, oh, I don't know if I should worry. Like, yes, your worries are valid if you're worried about them. I think personally, social media is like a personal billboard. Your Instagram grid Yes, it's the highlights like a brand would put up on a billboard or an advertisement for their product. Your social media feed is your personal billboard. And if your boyfriend or your significant other is putting a billboard out to the world and you're not part of it, you have every right to bring that up. Like if his billboard is throwing people single vibes, if he's giving the world the impression that he doesn't have a girlfriend then this is not just a little problem to me. This is a big problem, particularly when you consider the fact that he's lying. Like he's lying. He's not trying to post a photo that's not going up. That's the most pathetic lie I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. It's not good at all. I do also want to put on the record here as well very early on because we've probably got people listening being like, okay, well, I don't really post my partner. They don't really post me. It's not an issue for us. It's not a greater reflection of our relationship. And I think that is absolutely true. This is definitely case by case. There are some couples who are totally fine with it and totally secure about it. I think in this specific case, if it's something you're insecure about, then I think it speaks to a greater issue. Well, he also knows she's insecure yes. and he refuses to do anything about that. Exactly. And I think that's the problem just so we've got that on the record. So nobody thinks, well, what about me? Now, I also think this might sound harsh perhaps, but I do think the greater, in this case, immaturity lies on the shoulders of someone who doesn't want to share your life together in a public space if that's something that you want. Like, is he embarrassed? Does he not want people to know about you? Like, again, that is not to say that relationships that don't exist on Instagram aren't real, but him knowing that you're insecure about it and not doing anything about it says a lot about immaturity to me. Yeah, well, I mean, to even come up with that lie in the first place, I'm like, how old are you? Are you seven months old? Are you an infant? Like, what's going on upstairs? I think considering his excuses, something is a bit weird, right? Yeah, I think particularly as well, I'd be very curious to know if this shameless listener lives in Australia, number one, and if she does, if she lives in Melbourne or Sydney, We've been in lockdown for like the better part of the last 12 months. There have been a lot of times where couples have been the only like people they're allowed to see, right? Like your significant other is the only person you've spent a significant amount of time with. We've had restrictions on how long we can be out of the home. So if that's the case that these two were living in Melbourne or Sydney in the last 12 months, I'm even more concerned because it's like you're making a concerted effort to put anything up on the grid that doesn't include this person. Like it's not just incidental. This is not, oh, you don't happen to be in any of my photos. This is intentional. I am selecting photos and selecting moments where you are not in them. It's so funny. I've got an anecdote 
here that I want to tell that I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just an anecdote that's related to this story or maybe it has greater meaning. But I was having this conversation with a girlfriend very, very recently when she kind of had this long-term issue with her partner. And I think it was one of those relationships that had been really, really long. They start dating really, really young. So those kind of immature habits just like stick. And when they broke up, she started dating someone else and said to me straight away, the first sign of self-assuredness for me in this relationship and his comfort with me was he was happy to share things straight away. Like there was no pretense, no worries. Like there was a real confidence about Mm. that. And then she went on to stalking her ex-boyfriend and his new partner and realized that he was posting all of these really delightful photos with her. And she's like, I just don't think we were ever right for each other. Like if we had this tension here around whether we were ever going to post about each other or if there was like an awkwardness to it and now we're both so comfortable with other people, it was just like really telling. And I don't know at all if that's relevant here, but I just thought it was a really interesting thing to know. No, I think that's absolutely relevant because I think another element of this to me is does he see himself with you long term? Like there is a kind of finality or a kind of permanence to putting your partner on social media, particularly on the grid. And I know we're getting nitty gritty, but it's fucking social media and who cares, but I care, so stick with me. If you declare to the world that you are together, there is pressure. There is, okay, people now know about our relationship. They know we are boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever label you want to put on it. They know we're together, so the stakes are a little bit higher. If he's not taking that jump and if he's intentionally not putting you on there, is it because he sees himself breaking up with you? Like I know this is reading into it, but he's not, seeing, be... he's not seeing you in his future. He's not wanting to tell the world about you. He's not wanting to have you up there to then one day take down. I think she's onto something and this is a pretty big waving red flag in the wind. Here's what's interesting, right, because I think it actually just comes to the crux of the relationship being like, are you a team? Do you communicate really, really well? Because if you did, I don't think you'd be stumbling into these issues. I don't think there'd be an insecurity about it at all. I think we inherently as humans want the person we are with, whoever it might be, to feel proud of us. And I think that if this listener felt that in other areas of their life, then maybe this wouldn't even be an issue. Like if her partner made her feel so secure in every part of her life and then just suddenly there was just like this one element where he didn't share her, I really don't think it would be an issue. I think it speaks more to insecurity in other parts of the relationship. I think you've hit the nail on the head because I've been in relationships or situationships or whatever before where you have felt like that person's secret. Like I've dated someone for months at a time and never been introduced to their mum or been introduced to a couple of friends but not many, never posted on social media. And I think that is the worst feeling in the world because you begin to question yourself and you begin to go, okay, so you like me but there's something about me that either irks you or embarrasses you that you don't want to show me to your world. You don't want to let me in because there's something stopping you from doing that. And it's a tough one and it's a really confronting one for the person at the heart of it because clearly this girl is proud of her boyfriend. This girl is wanting him up on her grid and that's not being reciprocated and clearly there is something going on here where she is being made to feel lesser than and I think that is the telltale sign that something is awry in the dynamic. I think there's also something that feels quite lonely, like a loneliness that people don't talk about when you feel like your feelings with your partner aren't aligned. Mm. Like if you feel like you feel one way and they feel another, there is like a real inherent loneliness that comes with that. And I think this is just one layer, one seemingly superficial layer of that that I don't think is superficial at all. What does she do? She talked to him about this because if he's the right type of person and she communicates everything that we've just communicated, the right type of person would be like, you know what, you're right. At a superficial level, this does sound silly, but I understand everything that you've said to me. If he's not the right type of person or maybe right type of person is the wrong kind of phrase, but if he's maybe not suitable for her in a long-term capacity, what's he going to say? He'll get defensive yeah, and he'll make excuses and he'll get pissed off and he'll probably trick her into thinking that she's being silly and ridiculous and being caught up on dumb little girl things, which I don't think she is at all. I think the way he responds to this is absolutely indicative of their future together and how much potential there is for them both as partners. Well, I think that's the other probably part of this that we haven't touched on is that any particularly woman, I will say woman, that wants to raise this feels stupid and silly and is gaslighted about it because it's seen as like stupid, silly female women stuff. And it's like, 
Well, it's actually a little bit deeper than that. And again, the other disclaimer we haven't made is like, this doesn't really matter if your partner doesn't post on Instagram ever. Like, you know, Mm. there are, this is like a very specific case, but I think it's a very specific common case. Annabelle, what do you think? Oh, I think that you're so right. He will respond if he's not suitable in a very deflective way in a, oh, this is your insecurity that you're projecting Mm. here way. I also think that it might not necessarily be that he is thinking that, oh, I'm going to break up with you anyway. That's why I'm not posting. It could be a subconscious thought and that's what's making him feel lazy about this. He might not even know the way yeah. he actually no, feels. I'm I sure he doesn't. Fact, yeah. I think the fact, like Zara said, if there is so much thought going into this, so much doubt of being like, I'm not going to post a photo with her, something is wrong. Mm. Like if you're happy and if you're blissful together and if you're in love and everything's great, you wouldn't even think about it for more than a couple of seconds. So I think that that time period of doubt is an issue, particularly 11 months in. This is the fucking honeymoon. <laughs> this should be 11 months in should be when you two are all over each other, obsessed with each other, want to scream from the rooftops about how in love you are. There are different ways for every person to do that. I totally acknowledge that. Not everyone will be all over social media. That's fine. A lot of my family members are that way. But you should feel secure no matter what, whether that's on social media, in other realms of life. You should have a baseline level of security that you are enough. He is not making you feel like you're enough. So something has to change. Yeah, I totally agree. And I am very intrigued as to what you guys think. Let us know. We will, of course, be putting up some polls on Instagram for your say Friday. And we will be putting up a little box to get your thoughts. Has this happened to you? Have you had a friend that it's happened to? What do you think? Have you come back from it even more so? Yes, Zara, very good point. (laughs) Have you come back from it? Tell us your redemption stories. Yeah, that's all we want to hear. That is all we have time for today. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. If you want to send in your own mailbag, make the subject line shameless mailbag and send your dilemma to hello at shamelessmediaco.com. Make sure you include the (laughs) shamelessmediaco.com bit. I don't know why we made our email that. It's tricky. Because we didn't have any other options. <laughs> that was it. Causes us headaches on the daily. But Annabelle, anything else? No, not at all. Nothing. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Drink your water. <laughs> Bye. Oh, hi, it's Annabelle Lee and Louis Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo! We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week now. Every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a time <laughs> to be in your ear holes. So essentially, <laughs> each episode, we unpack the real life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in mm-hmm. their lives, which, let's be real, Annabelle, is all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to... To our show, please do head to your favorite podcast app and listen now. See you there. Bye.